0: Welcome back to episode 129 of the Draft FC podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC podcast, the podcast and website dedicated to all things official Draft FPL. My name is Mitch. and I'm your host as we round up one of our mini road to draft day series on the newly promoted teams by this episode focusing in on Luton Town. So if you haven't already listened to the two episodes before this, I'd urge you to go back, there's one on Burnley and one on Sheffield United, and then you can come back and finish off the set with this episode. Luton progressed to the top flight for the first time in over 30 years and cap off a remarkable story of being out of the Football League as recently as 2010 to gaining Premier League status with their playoff final victory over Coventry. It won't surprise many to know they are the early favourites for relegation, a prediction Luton fans themselves probably wouldn't argue too hard with But what can we expect from Luton Town next season? And are there any hidden gems we can mine from the Hatter's ranks on draft day? Let's find out. (music) So looking back to last season, Luton finished third in the championship. Five points clear of Middlesbrough in fourth. So by rights were deservedly promoted. They scored just 57 goals. That's the fewest of the top six, but conceded just 39, which puts them on a par with Sheffield United above them. These numbers naturally indicate efficiency and tight score lines, further reflected in the fact they were second for clean sheets last year. They entered the 22-23 season having finished sixth the year before under Nathan Jones but failing to then progress in the playoffs. Jones only managed to steer Luton to ninth before he left and then Rob Edwards was appointed during the World Cup break to finish the season. Jones had won seven of the first 20 games he took charge of with eight draws and five losses in there while Edwards was able to win 14 of the 25 he led with just three losses, seeing them steadily climb to where they ultimately finished in third. Tactically, Luton set up with a fairly recognisable and consistent 3-5-2 or 3-4-1-2. It was this way under Jones and Edwards didn't come in and change too much in a squad that were already very well drilled. After all, Jones wasn't sacked for poor performance. He was poached by a Premier League club, so he must have been doing something right. The thing you'll hear most is that Luton are direct or route one team getting the ball into their front men to hold the ball up and allow the rest of the midfield and wing backs to support and gain territory high up the pitch, not rocket science. Colton Morris, as well as providing the goals, has also shown himself to be an excellent target man and an excellent talisman. Passes out from the right or left centre back are common, out of position they're busy, niggling the ankles of the opposition more than happy to press. Whether they'll stick with this in the Premier League remains to be seen. So let's start to try to build a picture of their 11 for next year, starting with the current squad members who should continue in their roles. So at left centre-back, we have got Amari Bell, left wing-back by trade, found himself playing much of the season at left centre-back and highly rated by Hatters fans. Lots of chat about him in standard FBL circles because he's a nailed-on 4 million option. That probably tells you all you need to know about his prospects for us draft players. In the middle of the three is likely to be Tom Lockyer. Most uh, new viewers of Luton would know Lockyer as the player they lost early on during the playoff final after he collapsed in a a quite worrying scene with nobody around him. Later confirmed he had a minor rhythm issue with his heart that's been treated and so he is good to proceed with pre-season prep as usual and I fully expect he will continue to start in the middle of their back three. And then on the right side of him is Osho, possibly the least nailed on of the back three. A very good end of the season, but he doesn't seem to be as trusted as some of the other names here. I think Luton will look at this back three as good enough, but I wouldn't be surprised if a signing or two came in just to shore up those positions. Then at left wing back, we've got Alfie Doughty, another player highly rated by fans at Kenilworth Road. Two goals and five assists last season all the attributes you want in a wing-back and somebody who could be a rotational option in and out of the waiver pile next year. Then we've got two attacking midfielders starting with Pelly Ruddock, a player you'll see in all of the Premier League and Luton previews as we enter August. Why? Because he embodies the story of Luton Town over the last 10 years, signed as a teenager when they were playing in the conference. Ruddock has been there through it all, up through League 2, League 1, the Championship and now uh, assuming he steps onto the pitch at the Premier League, where he'll be the first player ever to play in all top five levels of English football for the same club. Expect some sentimental Luton fans to be taking him with their first draft picks this year. And then alongside him is Jordan Clark, 29-year-old, and another player who was playing non-league for Hyde just a few years ago, one of their main link men between the lines, quite modest attacking output last season of three goals and four assists. And then up top, I've already mentioned Carlton Morris. He scored 20 league goals last year and seven assists. Their main goal scorer, your classic football league journeyman who had the best season of his career last year at 27 years old. I watched all of his goals and assists from last year and there are all sorts in there. Some impressive headers, lots of flicks and tricks which contribute as much to his hold-up play as his physique and clear poachers instinct. A fair number of the goals could be seen as Defensive deficiencies, but being in the right place at the right time is an underappreciated skill. Something that stood out, though, was 11 yellow cards last year, indicative of their pressing nature, but not a useful attribute for a third-choice FPL striker option who could end up with a lot of one-pointers. Next to him was Elijah Adebayo. Eight goals and four assists for him, so decent amount to chip in with, and the main strike partner for Morris. If they don't sign anyone else, that partnership should be set to continue. Now as with all these promoted clubs it's hard not to acknowledge lone players and that one of their main ones was Marvellous and Camber, who joined from Villa in January and seemed to make the difference as their holding midfield player. All indications seem to be that a deal should be agreed for a permanent move but as yet nothing concrete and so I haven't added him to the nailed on list just yet. And then the other important position um, that we didn't mention was the right wing back and they had Cody Drama there. Now when Nathan Jones moved to Southampton he took their main right wing back James free with him and it was drama that took over for the successful second half of the season on loan from Leeds. Now had Leeds stayed in the Premier League I would have fully expected him to have been featuring at Ellen Road next season but there is interest from Luton and also Burnley to sign him on a permanent deal next year. Leeds may rightly opt to play him next year as he's proven at that level and could be a cog in the re-promotion machine. So as with the other newly promoted Premier League teams, one of the key spaces they need to fill is in goal. Uh, A recent fan poll at uh, Vital Luton had a new goalkeeper as a top priority for just under half of those that voted. Defensive performances last year seemed to be mainly credited to the defenders and nobody seems to be making a case for the likes of Ethan Horvath or Jack Walton to be their Premier League number one. Interesting market this summer with a number of Premier League clubs on the same lookout. And then another area of need for me would be another quality forward option. Um, But again, who isn't in the market for a striker that can put away 10 Premier League goals? Potentially the only type of new addition that could make their way onto draft boards later in the summer. An early rumour of interest in Middlesbrough's Chupa Akpom, who led the way in the championship last season with 28 goals. An interesting prospect who since leaving Boyhood Club Arsenal hasn't had an opportunity in the top flight, but won't come cheap. So let's have a look at their fixtures and the all-important draft day considerations. So they kick things off with an away trip to Brighton in game week one. As discussed in the Burnley episode, they should have been hosting Burnley for their opening home game in game week two, but that has been postponed due to issues with uh, with Kenilworth Road, which I'll talk about again in a minute. They then go away to Chelsea, home to West Ham, so that should be their opening home fixture back in the Premier League in game week four then away to Fulham and at home to Wolves. So similar to Sheffield United, not a terrible opening run. Um, They probably would have preferred that home game to Burnley to have stood, but plenty of opportunities there to prove that they can be competitive in the league. I just think their ceiling this season is going to be scraping safety in 17th, and their floor really could be as low as Derby 2008 when they managed just 11 points for the season. Much has been made about the lack of facilities that Luton boast in their home stadium at Kenilworth Road, but it is interesting to note that Luton had the second best away record behind Burnley, scoring marginally more points away than they did at home 41 compared to 39. My translation of this to the Premier League is that while Luton may find themselves being competitive in away games, they're unlikely to create a home fortress, which is often mandatory for Premier League survival and means home or away, they are a fixture to target right from the off. In terms of draft day, we'll wait and see who they bring in to stand between the sticks. None of their backline or midfielders particularly interest me and Adebeo could ultimately be replaced by a summer addition. Colton Morris would seem to be the only feasible target as a second or third striker spot, but I think I'd already be inclined to let somebody else take him. For me to come away from any of my draft days happy would probably involve a distinct lack of Luton Town players. <laughs> So that's it for this episode, and that concludes our run-through of the newly promoted teams, but that is not the end of our Road to Draft Day summer series. The next episode, I'll be doing a little rundown of the Premier League teams who find themselves with new managers this season, so Spurs, Chelsea and Bournemouth, as well as some Draft Day strategy videos and then the all-important rankings. If you're enjoying these podcasts, then please do subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on so you don't miss out on any future episodes. They will continue to come thick and fast as they have been already this week. If you do take your draft FPL seriously, then I would encourage you to head to draftfc.co.uk and check out what we have to offer for you there. Fully signed up members will be able to access all of our Draft FC player rankings and we've got a full 240 player list. So even if you're in a large 16 team league, you'll be able to get a complete lowdown on there. And as well as that, unique to us, you'll be able to find the average draft picks for every player in the game we scan every single draft that's happening around the globe and bring them and condense them into one table for you to peruse and if you put those alongside your own expertise you'll be very well prepared for your own draft days as well as being able to see the rankings members will also have access to an exclusive podcast that will not be released anywhere else in which i discuss and chat through my thought process behind the top 100 on the list If you're on Twitter, give us a follow at Draft underscore FC. Keep up to date with everything going on with the podcast and the website on there and it also provides you with the easiest outlet to message us should you need to. Pre-season friendlies are starting to kick off and so new information is starting to trickle in which will start to really impact our preparation and I'll be keeping the rankings updated in real-time day-to-day as players come and go. Best of luck for your own draft day planning. Keep an ear out for the next podcast and until then, stay shook we